This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Now at 8.33, we welcome to our our studios, our microphones, our hotline, David Smoke from Sikkim 365, covering Baylor Athletics for decades. David, thank you very much for your time. I know you're awfully busy in the morning. Just wanted to get your opinion on Baylor and where they're headed in the Big 12 these days, and especially because they're headed to UCF this weekend to play the opening Big 12 game for the Knights. How do you see this one going? Oh, man. Well, first of all, good morning. Thank you for inviting me on the show. And uh, it has been, uh, I don't know if it's been a train wreck, but it has been rather, uh, I, I don't think there's any question that Baylor has been incredibly disappointing. I think both Tech and Baylor, both Texas Tech and Baylor have both been disappointing. The Texas State, you no. Know, Here's the deal. First of all, do I expect them to win in Orlando? Not the way with what we've seen, not with the evidence. Two of their losses are the two teams in the top ten. Utah, they had that game. They couldn't close it out. And then Texas, they were boat raced and just destroyed pretty much from the beginning. So, you know, the two teams don't have their quarterbacks. UCF without Plumlee, but they still played well against Kansas State on the road. Chapin's day-to-day, and I mean really not sure if he'll play or not. They need him. But right now they've just been they have just been erratic. They have been hit and miss like a bad engine, you know, in the car. And it, it's been weird because you thought at least they could run the football and play at least good defense. They, they haven't done really either. Now against Utah, the defense played well, but Utah's not somebody that's gonna go out and pop forty on you very often. They're gonna grind it out and, you know, kind of methodically, just like what they did to UCLA. What was it, 14-7 to against an offense to UCLA that's good? I don't know. I mean, I, it was, I'm, I'm done trying to figure them out. <laughs> we'll let Dave Aranda and his staff try to do that. Honestly, I don't know who they are. And I think at least if you're 2-2, you're 3-1, two and 1-3, two, and one, one and three, whatever, you want to have a personality. And right now this team doesn't have one, and it might be – because they're young, and, and, and this is, listen, there are no excuses. They should not have lost to Texas State. They did. They were caught off guard. Uh, they really, and I don't know how you can be caught off guard. It's the opening game. You study film on G.J. Kenny wherever he's been, especially at Incarnate Word. He's going to throw it around. But that was, that day, Texas State looked like they were better. Like, they were better. Like, some of their athletes were better. Their offense and defensive lines were better. And that's scary. But I uh, I don't know where they are. I've had to ask Dave Aranda, you know, some kind of probing, tough questions. A.D. Mack wrote, same thing yesterday. But do I expect them? I don't think – I don't say that they, they won't win in Orlando because you see out at home that crowd is going to be just nuts. They're like that anyway. I uh, You know, maybe get it on the road and get the heck out of Waco and getting away from all of this, like, negativity – Maybe that can be something that kind of bonds the team together. They do get six or seven players back, a couple of defensive linemen, which will help. But honestly, I have no read on this team. I don't know if Dave Aranda does, although he acts as if he still likes his – not acts, he says he still likes his team. We're talking to David Smoke from Sikkim 365 covering Baylor Athletics. You can tell David does not have a problem with an opinion. That's one of the reasons I like him. You know, one of the things I thought was really interesting about this game, a couple of things. You, you're going to go play Gus Malzahn, who has, you know, obviously some real experience in playing teams, you know, in, in bigger teams, if you will, SEC type. You're also going to go play a team. I mean, he coached G.J. Kinney here at Tulsa. So you're going to face some of the yep. same kinds of stuff right there. And 
your school bought billboards in Orlando welcoming them to the conference even though you're going to play there. This is a little bit bizarre overall, isn't it? Well, you know, here's one thing. And, again, I, I saw the billboards. I thought that, you know, this has been one of the things I've seen from most everybody in the Big 12 among what was the remaining eight, the teams that were all of a sudden one day they looked up and Texas-Oklahoma story broke back in the summer of 21. And once again, the Big 12 was like, I don't know, under fire, but it was like another siege. Are they going to make it? It's been like this now three or four times in the last 10 or 12 years. And and uh, I, I I thought that was kind of a classy move. I didn't take it as it's like, hey, we're coming to Orlando to beat you, you know what, and oh, <laughs> by the way, welcome to the Big 12. I have felt from day one, and, and I think it was September of 21, a little bit after the Texas OU story popped, that the eight remaining schools were thrilled that they found a way to survive, not just like by thread and needle, but found a way that they were going to survive. And Bob Bowlesby, even though he could be thought of as maybe he was sleeping on the job, caught off guard, I don't know if anyone could have seen that coming, yeah. coming, but he did. And then, of course, they've gotten the spark from what Brett Yormark's doing. I thought maybe it was, hey, we're coming to town we're all in this together, and I don't think it was a preemptive, we're going to beat your you-know-what, and, oh, by the way, welcome to the conference. That, that being said, I don't know how many other schools are going to do that. Uh, I don't know if UCF would have put up billboards in Waco that said, hey, we're <laughs> excited about being. I, I honestly think that Mac Rhodes, and, and this is not to say that, that Weidberg at Oklahoma State or Kirby Hocutt at Texas Tech or uh, uh, you know Jamie Pollard, Gene Taylor, among others, Donati weren't very heavily invested in making this work. But Mac and Baylor, uh, considering where they were back when he arrived in 16, when this place was an absolute mess and a dark cloud everywhere you looked in every closet or even outside because of the scandal, I think Baylor with, with Mac Rose and Dr. Livingstone were very much proactive and very much engaged in making this happen now. And everybody, like Baylor fans, were like, man, these, these two guys, these two, well, two people, Dr. Livingstone and Mac, God bless them. Well, now that you're one and three in football, everybody wants everybody fired. Like, Mac Rhodes hired a bad coach. Dr. Livingstone's this and that. It, but I, I think the billboards were actually a pretty nice touch. I never thought of it as like, what the hell are they doing? So that's that's the way I took it. And if I took it opposite, you know I would tell you that, too. Oh, oh yeah. No, I, I didn't think it was bad either. It just the whole thing seems that it's, I don't know, there's something sur yeah. surreal about all of it. David Smoke from Sikkim 365 covering Baylor Athletics is with us here at 840 on the Blitz. You talk about the Big 12. There's still some excitement around the conference now with the new four members. And there's, you know, some of them are just now starting to get their first home games. But you look at the conference overall, and it hasn't been the greatest start. I mean, there's three ranked teams, and two of them are out the door next year. Do you think there's yep. a little concern among conference members as to what the conference looks like, or is it just kind of wait and see now with four more teams coming next year? Well, it's a great point. I mean, it has not been the best start. And, my God, who would have ever thought a year, two, or five, or eight, or 12 years ago – that one of the ranked teams would be Kansas, but Lance Leipold <laughs> has built that thing the right way. I love his attitude. I, I would love to play for Lance Leipold. He's got that kind of that, again, because I'm 64 years old, he's got kind of that old school. That doesn't mean he's not hip or he's not cool, but I, I, I like the guy. And, and not only what he's done before where he's been, but I mean, I 
he, I like him. I like the way he's built, just like Kleiman at Kansas State. They're very similar to me. I think both of them are almost not quite identical, but they remind me uh, of the same type of mentality, personality, and the way they're building things. Uh, but Kansas State, the loss to Missouri, of course, the last second 60-something yard field goal, who knows? But And they've had the quarterback. Here's one of the things that's happened to the conference. Not an excuse. You either win or you don't. The SEC right now, if you look up, Tennessee's got a hickey. Uh, LSU lost that game and got beat up in the second half by Florida State. Uh, A&M lost to Miami. Alabama lost to Texas. So they have teams. Arkansas's off to a a kind of a, you would think, a uh, hit-and-miss start. Like, it has not been a good start. And the last thing I think if you're the Big 12 you wanted was to have both Texas and Oklahoma. Not that they're still – hey, they still represent the Big 12 until they don't. Now, I understand they're out the door, but I think it's really disappointing that somebody else has not stepped up. Kansas State might still get themselves right back in it. Really, the loss on the road and the last second 80-yard, 61-yard field goal – yeah, you, Howard's been – the quarterback play has been uh, not good. Uh, Ewers has been good for Texas. Uh, Gabriel's put up nice numbers for Oklahoma. And then you look around. Howard's hurt. Uh, Slovis is okay at Brigham Young. They just lost, of course, on the road to KU. You have Jalen Daniels, and you have Quinn Ewers and Dylan Gabriel. And then I'm not trying to forget anybody. West Virginia quarterbacks are hurt. Baylor Shapin's been out. Uh, I, I uh, then you have Texas Tech has lost Tyler Shuck, UCF lost Plumley. So you have some teams that have had some injuries at the key position at quarterback in this day and age of media. Any any that might have have contributed to it. Texas Tech might even be more disappointing than Baylor because they had the momentum of the five game winning streak at the end of last year. Shuck was healthy. They were there was a lot of mojo, as you know. Uh, there was a lot of and, and by the way, they weren't afraid to promote it themselves. And I'm a, I, I I'm not saying it's to drop a name, but I'm I'm very close to Joey McGuire as a friend from the days he was a high school coach, and then at Baylor and then Tech. I love the guy, but I mean they weren't afraid to say, hey, we're you know not not Dion, hey, we're coming. But it was it was like their their next step, and and so I think the quarterback injuries have affected, uh, uh, let's say, four wins. I don't know if it would have been Kansas State, Missouri, or Baylor, Utah, if they would have had shaping because they lost that game by, what, three um, uh, or whatever the score was. It was low scoring. And I think, that, but the, to, um, to answer your question, it is a little bit disconcerting. Uh, uh, this was also a year when Texas just happened to be maybe as legitimate, like gristled and legitimate, uh, put together the right way for the first time in 10 or 12 years over the hype that we've seen for a decade. I still don't know about OU despite the start. I know, I, I mean, I'm not saying they're not better because they're obviously on defense. They actually know where they're going and know how to tackle, and they're making big plays. It's just a different, like, OU team, and that might be a good thing. But, yeah, I, I let's see where we are as far as a conference. I say we. Let's see where the conference is. Let's see what Kansas does in Austin. Uh, and, and again, I, I don't know if they have an, they have firepower, but I don't know about that game. We know the history between those two the last handful of years. The injuries at quarterback and the fact that they only have one or two quality wins in the non-conference really is disappointing, period. Bottom line, the answer to that is yes. 
Closing moments here with David Smoke and Sikkim 365 covering Baylor. You know, on, off Scott's question, and this is one thing I wanted to get to with you. Since Oklahoma State and Baylor played in the Big 12 title game, and at the time when OU and Texas, you know, when that came out and those two got together in the title game, the thought was those are the two who likely are going to carry the torch forward in the Big 12. Since that time, Oklahoma yep. State's 10-8 and eight and Baylor's 8-10. and 10. Is it simple enough to say that the transfer portal and quarterback play has been the reason, David, or does it go deeper? No, I think I think you have a good point. Dave Aranda admitted last year, you know, they had the, they struggled. They ended up with a like a what was it like a three or four game losing streak, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It got beat up by Air Force in a like horrible like the ice bowl temperatures in Fort Worth, and I don't know if that team even wanted to be there. Uh, they they didn't finish strong, and you're exactly right. We know what happened to Coach Gundy in Oklahoma State. Uh, they they had the, the Spencer Sanders in and out last year, a team that lost a lot of attrition, which a lot of times people are going to do. Let me let me say this: There's no doubt. Dave Aranda admitted to me when I asked him, "This is last year, middle of the year. They won a game at Tech, then they went and won the game at Oklahoma, and looked good doing it both times. I mean, they look like, uh oh, here they go again, and then all of a sudden they just start blowing a tire." He admitted then that the wide receiver play last year was non-existent. He lost, of course, Tyquan Thornton to the NFL. R.J. Sneed went to Colorado. And, and yes, they, he admitted they made mistakes in the transfer portal or they made mistakes by not going deeper into the transfer portal. We know what Gundy's thought about it, right? He's made it very clear. Dabo Sweeney at Clemson might have a little bit of a uh, something. You know, he's had to kind of like – I don't know if he's rearranged his thinking because I think he's, his heels are dug in pretty deep, and he's got a couple of national championships to give him that that sweat, you know, the kind of like that tenure. <clears throat> and most people wish they had problems that Clemson has right now. They have both been in in reverse. Uh, they they like, Oklahoma State right now the, the quarterback play uh, they can't score. They lost to an Iowa State team that's lost players because of that gambling deal. Uh, that was a bad loss. They, the the South, South Alabama was like the Texas State for them. I it, yes, both of them are both in a free fall. And and who's going to come out of it? I don't know. And if they're not the ones that are going to rep, represent the Big Twelve, is it one of the incoming eight, the four this year, or something from last, uh, the four for next year? I you know Utah. Utah's going to come in, and they're going to like. I, I described this when I spoke to Kyle Will, uh, Whittingham earlier this year in an interview, like about three weeks ago. I, I had somebody tell me that playing Utah is like playing a ball of angry razor blades. That's the way they play the game. And, and they're going to not change under him. They're going to be good. We see what's happening with Colorado, although they obviously had some of that mass taken off with what Oregon did to them, and they're going to struggle maybe with their defense a little bit or their protection of Shadur Sanders. I, I am stunned that both Baylor and Oklahoma State have gone in reverse. And I don't know if there's any kind of like, is there a, a light at the end of the tunnel right now? I think both of these teams are like, they have to, I, they both have to wonder what's happened. It has to be on the coaching staff for two or three things. Not using the portal enough, no matter how stubborn you want to be. Misevaluation of talent, perhaps not. Um, Perhaps trusting, Aranda admitted last year he trusted the players on his roster. He wanted to give them a chance to be the ones that that made the next move up. I kind of like that, that a coach wants to do that. But if you're wrong, 
then you not lose just one year, you lose about two years because those players you would have picked up in the transfer portal would have been there last year and even this year, and I think you see a little bit of that. Baylor probably beats Utah if Shapin's the starting quarterback. You know, they, the Utah was – they just – it was that time because their quarter their quarterbacks hurt with rising. He still hasn't played. They're four and zero, and they've beaten uh, three power uh, power five schools, including uh, what they did to UCLA. I I I think Gundy has to look in the mirror. Although I don't know if he ever wants to, because I think you know he's done well for seventeen years. Dave Arand is very introspective. Uh, he's very philosophical. And and I think he realizes that there's going to have to be some changes in what they do. And a lot of people are like, oh, my God, he, he's lucky they won two years ago. He won with Matt Rule's players. And then when they were winning with Matt Rule's players, it was, well, he helped them get to be better than they were under Matt Rule. So you know how fans are, very hypocritical. But I, I am, I am, I don't. I think a lot of people thought Oklahoma State might have problems this year. I don't think anyone expected Baylor to be one and three. Yeah, no, no matter I, even yeah. if it's Utah and Texas on the on their schedule. No, they certainly didn't expect Texas State to be uh, uh, on that other end of that one. I can tell you that, David. Always a great time. I love your opinions. I love your. I love your content. As a matter of fact, I am I'm a subscriber myself. Thanks very much for being with us this morning. Enjoy your workout, and I appreciate your comments. Hey, one more thing on Baylor. If they would be two and two right now, but lost to Utah and Texas, two teams in the top ten, there wouldn't be this full-fledged panic. Yeah. But when you lose a game like South Alabama or Texas State, all bets are off on the panic meter. And I, I man, I appreciate the invitation. Great to see you guys when we were at Arlington, and look forward to being with you again. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.